Thank you so much, Dave. That was a wonderful program. And I want to welcome you now to Poetry and Stories here on K-H-E-N-L-P Salida. This is Jane Carpenter and my co-host, Linda Gibbis. Hi, Linda. Hi. (laughs) You have all probably heard or guessed why we are here. Our usual host of Poetry and Stories, the inimitable Curtis Emery, passed away last Saturday while at the Western Stock Show in Denver. A number of Cahen volunteers are here with us as we give tribute to the man who loved reading poetry and stories on the air, as well as raising donkeys, drama, and democracy. You'll hear the voices of many people who loved and are already missing Curtis's great voice and presence in Chafee County and Colorado. Stay tuned. He was a friend of mine. He was a friend of mine. Never had no money. Pay for his fine. He was a friend of mine. He died on the road. He died on the road. Never. Pay for his bone. He was a friend of mine. He never done no wrong. He never done no Curtis was a friend to a lot of people here. He is going to be very dearly missed. Um, Myself personally, um, I was a privileged member of the Happy Bottom Writing Club, as he called it. And, uh, (laughs) yes, (laughs) we spent many a time in the saddle. And um, now he's riding in the clouds. So, uh, anyway, we have Bill Reeves here. We have a numerous people who want to speak on Curtis's behalf, and so um, just everybody is touched by this. So I'll give it to you, Bill. Well, I got to know Curtis uh, 
at ballroom dancing class. <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, I think pretty much says all you need to know about Curtis. He was always into something. Um, but, you know, the last few days, if any of you who are listening have been following on Facebook, it's just the outpouring has been amazing. And uh, there's been plenty of of wonderful comments about him. And, and as I was thinking about him on Monday, he was the closest person to Don Quixote I've ever met. <laughs> oh, funny. That is a good comparison. <laughs> and, and he just, I mean, he was always tilting at windmills. And, you know, his populist um, political views are dear and near to me. I, you know, I, I agreed with him and, and, he always had my back. You know, when we had struggles here, here with the board, he was there cheering me on. And, and uh, when I ran for office once, he was there. He was just really a loyal, a loyal friend. Um, but uh, what, a, what a great guy. And, and, and really, I mean, Jane, he, he died on the, the day of the Women's March, this huge worldwide happening of kind of, you know, doing the thing he says, get out there and protest, and what a great day for him to lay his burden down. Yeah, he used to talk about Utah Phillips' quote, don't mourn, organize, and actually that's an old IWW, International Workers of the Mm -hmm. World, quote that he got that from. And yes, instead of mourning, we will organize, although it's hard to... We could have used his voice still. Yes, yes, we definitely could still use his voice. Well, thank I'm you, keep Bill. Passing off. The okay, and actually, we have Patrick Lee on the phone right now. Oh, Patrick, no. Lee Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Just a second here. We'll bring him on live. Give Jane a chance to do all the technological miracles. Uh oh. Well, I guess Patrick him. disappeared. So maybe somebody can tell. Patrick, well, wait, let me try this button. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he is there. I heard him. (laughs) Welcome, Patrick. Lee Hawkins, how would you like to be called? Oh, yes, just uh, never late to dinner. Listen, I am so glad to have all you folks there uh, honoring Curtis. I, I, I was so fortunate when I first arrived in Salida in 1991 I, I got to do a show at 12 noon over at KBRH, and <laughs> Curtis called all the time. And I, I loved it because that meant that he was interested. That yeah. meant that he had uh, a great opinion on a whole lot of subjects. And he spread that opinion around, and he spread that knowledge with it, and a lot of people picked up on it. And there was a great movement within his heart and ours for the same reason. And uh, as, as you so eloquently stated, he, he left this world doing what he liked to do with those massive burrows and, and weren't they beautiful animals. Yes, um, I, rode um, one, I rode one in a Cahan parade. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, so I got to ride one in a scouting trip. But I remember he was in the parade uh, on those, yes, with, and, and that's the year that he won. I believe our Cahan won uh-huh. uh, with uh, those burrows. But uh, remembering Curtis, it, it takes a long time, and there are a whole lot of people with a whole lot of love to give because of him. And um, I, I, I want to give mine as well. He, he was truly a friend. and will be missed, but we we have his memory and we have uh, all that love that he gave, and that should guide us to the next step. So um, as I as I leave you guys, I, I just throw one up to Curtis and thank him for for being for being who he was. Mm-hmm. Thank indeed. Thank Bye. you very much for calling, Patrick. Okay. Well, Curtis was a real big. Um, J.J. Kale fans, so we decided we'd pay a song here by J.J. Kale. What, why don't we let Barbara talk oh, for sure. a little okay, while, sure. and then we'll play J.J. Okay. Kale after sure. that. That's fine. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Barbara you know, Ford here. Yeah, this is Barbara, and Curtis's face was one of the very first faces I met at Cahan. In addition to Jane Carpenter, who is here on mic, and Sandy Sweat, who is waiting to speak. And Linda Gibbis, we see, I'm seeing all the original, original people of (laughs) Cahan, and it is, uh, 
we are celebrating and we are mourning and there is no difference. I sat in with Curtis on poetry and stories and read a poem over the air and thought, I have died and gone to heaven. They are letting me read poetry on the radio. (laughs) And I sat here with Curtis while Andrew Arell ran the board. He was our engineer, and we read poetry back and forth, and there was always the day of poetry and stories when Curtis and I both brought the same exact book. And that was The New American Poetry by Donald Allen, full of beat poetry. I'm going to read one poem by Jack Kerouac. Here's to you, Curtis. I demand that the human race ceases multiplying its kind and bow out. I advise it. And as punishment and reward for making this plea, I know I'll be reborn the last human, everybody else dead, and I'm an old woman roaming the earth, groaning in caves, sleeping on mats, and sometimes I'll cackle, sometimes pray, sometimes cry, eat and cook at my little stove in the corner, always knew it anyway, I'll say, and one morning won't get up. From my mat. That's for you, Curtis. We'll be seeing you down the road. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much, Barbara. Appreciated that very much. And apparently, Andrew Orell is on the phone, but he's not on hold, so. I don't know. Uh, Why don't we play some music and sort this out? If you can find him. Yeah. Okay, let's see if this is going to play, hopefully, the way I want it to play. Okay. This is Call Me the Breeze, and Curtis was like a breath of air and the wind traveling over the hills. J.J. Kale. What was the name of that? Call Me the Breeze. Call Me the Breeze. And speaking of calling, we had Andrew Arell call in from Crested Butte. Are you there, Andrew? I sure am, Jane. Good to be with everyone. Yes. You, at one time, hosted Poetry and Stories, ran the board for Curtis before he learned how to do it. That's right. I was going to relate. I think it was either you or Sandy pawned Curtis off on me because... (laughs) <laughs> At that time, Curtis was very much a self-avowed Luddite. He didn't want any, his hands on any of this technology, and uh, 
Yeah, I was more than happy to uh, become part of the Cahen family, and uh, that was my introduction to Curtis Emery because the birthplace right there in the Cahen studio, and then, of course, uh, my life took me in other directions, moved away, and Curtis was forced to take over running the show himself, and um, I thought it was very ironic. He, uh, you know... He gave up that fear of technology and became very prolific uh, on the online communities, always, you know, commenting and um, uh, spreading his um, wisdom and um, his unique perspective um, across the uh, connections. And uh, anyways, uh, you know, we connected on a lot of uh, fronts and, uh, like, uh, uh, Barbara Ford alluded to, we all very much enjoyed the beats, but another one um, that was very near and dear to us is Everett Royce, a.k.a. the Vagabond for Beauty. And I have a poem here called The Wilderness Song I'd like to, to share, to recite, but just to give you a little background on Everett Royce, he's a bold adventurer, artist, and writer who tramped around the Sierra Nevadas and the California coast and the desert wildernesses. Of, south, of the Southwest, pursuing his dream of ultimate beauty and oneness with nature. And it said that this message every poet and vagabond seeker like Royce leaves behind is simple. Life on this earth is very precious and very beautiful. We must learn to heed the pure and delicate voices of those who cherish it. So with that introduction... I wish to share the Wilderness Song by Everett Royce. I have been one who has loved the wilderness, swaggered and softly crept between the mountain peaks. I listened long to the sea's brave music. I sang my songs above the shriek of desert winds. On canyon trails, when warm night winds were blowing, blowing and sighing gently through the star-tipped pines, Musing, I walked behind my placid burrow, while water rushed and broke on pointed rocks below. I have known a green seas heaving. I have loved red rocks and twisted trees and cloudless turquoise skies, slow sunny clouds and red sand blowing. I have felt the rain and slept behind the waterfall. In cool, sweet grasses, I have lain and heard the ghostly murmur of regretful winds. In aspen glades, where rustling silver leaves whisper wild sorrows to the green golden solitudes. I have watched the shadowed clouds pile high, singing I rode to meet the splendid shouting storm and fought its fury till the hill Till the hidden sun foundered in darkness and lightning heard my song say that i starved that i was lost and weary that i was burned blinded by the desert sun footsore thirsty sick with strange disease lonely and wet cold but i kept my dream always i shall be one who loves the wilderness swaggers and softly creeps between the mountain peaks. I shall listen long to the sea's brave music. I shall sing my song above the shriek of desert winds. Thanks so much, guys. I'm really enjoying this. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for sharing that so much. That Thank was you. so great. Yes, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And Brian, you are partly our connection to Andrew Arell. Yeah, I started uh, coming in with Andy and Curtis, and then uh, when Andrew left, I took over the board for a little while, and then then we threw Curtis in the chair and just kind of taped the microphone in his general vicinity to his face, and sometimes he got it, and, <laughs> and it was always a fun thing to see and a fun thing to listen to. So uh, hopefully I can keep that going on, and I always came in and, and covered for Curtis when he was out of town. So I figure he'll just be out of town for quite a while, and I can cover for him if I need to. 
So I've got a... That'll be quite a bit of covering, but we'd sure love that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm not getting any younger. And, uh, you know, this life I've figured out is just a big collection of things you do until you get remembered. Yeah. You know, and uh, Curtis, he did a lot of great memories, so... I brought some a couple of poems from the best love poems of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, mm. selected by Carolyn Kennedy. And this one is going out to Curtis. It's called Death Be Not Proud by John Donne. Death be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those who think thou thus overthrow, die not poor death, nor yet cast thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy picture be, much pleasure, then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with the day do go. Rest their bones and souls delivery, thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men. And dost with poison, war, and sickness dwell. And poppy or charms can make us sleep as well. And better than thy stroke, why swellest thou then? One short sleep past, we wake eternally. And death shall no more be, death thou shall die. Uh, this one reminded me of Curtis by Stephen Spender called The Truly Great. I think continually of those who were truly great, who from the womb remembered the soul's history through corridors of light where the hours are suns, endless and singing, whose lovely ambition was that their lips still touched with fire, should tell of the spirit clothed from head to foot in song, and who hoarded from the spring branches the desires falling across their bodies like blossoms. What is precious is never to forget, the essential delight of the blood drawn from ageless springs, breaking through rocks in worlds before our earth, never to deny its pleasure in the morning simple light, nor its grave evening demand for love, never to allow gradually the traffic to smother with noise and fog the flowering flowering of the spirit. Near the snow, near the sun, the highest fields, see how these names are fetid by the waving grass and by the streamers of white cloud and whispers of wind in the listening sky. The names of those who, in their lives, fought for life, who wore at their hearts the fire's center, Born of the sun, they traveled a short while toward the sun and left the vivid air signed with their honor. That was read at the dedication of the John F. Kennedy Library in 1979. Beautiful. Thank you, Brian Rell. Thank you. Well, have you heard that Carolyn Kennedy is now considering running? Oh, sorry, I'm not <laughs> speaking loud enough. Carol, I just saw that Carolyn Kennedy, who has returned from an ambassadorship now, is looking at uh, maybe running in 2020 for running the Senate. For, for the, the Senate? Senate. Mm-hmm. From which state? I'm not sure at this point. Massachusetts? Probably. New York? I'm not sure. We don't know. Yep. All right. So it'd be nice to see a Kennedy back in. Yeah. We need more Kennedys around. Yeah. They're poets. Yeah. I do want to throw in that Mike Rosso could not join us tonight. He's out of the country, but he says that he'll be with us in spirit and that it was sad to lose such a vibrant soul. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My name's Jane. Linda's our co-host. We've got yes. Brian Rill and Sandy Sweat in the studio yes. coming up soon. The Valley Girl. Yeah, the Valley Girl. The San oh. Luis Valley Girl. Oh. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Curtis would have called you a valley girl. Do you think? I, I, I absolutely think he would. <laughs> and uh, he—it um, <clears throat> was amazing. I was, you know, how social media is nowadays. I'm out of touch because I am a valley girl now. And they actually <clears throat> have the internet down there. I do know that. They do. I've seen you on it. They—they they do, and that—that's. Um, <laughs> You know, as I was looking at Facebook uh, the other day, I kept 
seeing all these way beautiful, beautiful pictures of Curtis showing up with his donkeys and his beautiful mm-hmm. smile and, and just all these different beautiful gatherings of different things that he was done. And I was like going, what is he up to, that Curtis? I, I bet you he's running for office or something, you know, with the day and time. Aww. And, you know, because just knowing his spirit and just how he was always just, you know, there and um and in your face too in a good way usually it, it, well sometimes <laughs> if it, you know I'm, I'm trying to be nice i know but, <laughs> so most of the time he was very and, nice and he was yeah. and, and but so so when i saw all those just great pictures of him show up i was like going he's running for office thank goodness we need a good change around you know and i you know i was like he's got my vote and then i uh was looking again closer and then i had a little bit of sadness over overcome me and I was like wow wow what a beautiful man he was he was very handsome and and um the I'm not gonna cry you know let's let's celebrate what he was and what he did for everyone he did offer you that spirit of life um he wanted to get out and challenge the day in in all of those borough races and just all the activities that he did being on the Cahan board of directors keeping us in line mm-hmm. <laughs> are out of line isn't that like herding yeah. cats yeah it was like herding cats <laughs> or herding chickens in this case <laughs> <laughs> but i just wanted to say you know i have been away for a little while from the studio and 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 i i do miss the studio quite a bit me too and um but having lost such a beautiful person that gave so much to this station and gave a voice for all the people and poetry and and in knowing that the words are alive i just want to say thank you curtis for being who you were to all of us in this community and um may you do your job on the other side because we know that there's a lot that you can do over there that can be very helpful as well. So so thank you a lot, Curtis. And I want to just close up real quick with another poem that Barbara lent me her book. <clears throat> um, the New American Poetry. In, this is by Frank O'Hara. In favor of one's time. The spent purpose, purpose of a perfectly marvelous life suddenly glimmers and leaps into flame. It is more difficult than you think to make charcoal. It's also pretty hard to remember life's marvelous. But there it is, guttering, choking, then soaring in the mirrored room of its of this consciousness. It's practically a blaze of pure sensibility. And however exaggerated, at least something's going on, and the quick oxygen in the air will not go neglected, will not sulk or fall into blackness and peat. An angel flying slowly, curiously, singes its wings, and you diminish for a moment out of respect for beauty, then flare up. After all, that's the angel that wrestled with Jacob and loves conflict as an athlete loves the tape. And we're off into an immortal contest of actuality and pride, which is love assuming the consciousness of itself as sky all over, medium of finding and founding, not just resemblance, but the magnetic otherness that 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 stands erect in the spirit's glare and waits for the joining of an off of an opposite force's breath. So come the winds into the lives into our lives and last longer than despair's sharp snake, crushed before it's conquered. So marvelous it is not just a poet's greenish namesake, and we all live outside his garden and our temptuous rites. <coughs> Thank, Thank you, Sandy, Sandy Sweat. Yes. She drove up from the San Luis Valley to join us. This is such a gathering of <laughs> longtime Cahen volunteers and organizers. I know. It's Thank you, Jane, yeah. Linda, and... <sighs> so, um, did you want a song, or do you want to go ahead and go on with... Are you ready, Emily? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Guys, thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. Thank you for coming in. Emily Dubia, owner Mm -hmm. of Freedom Monkey Consignment. Guys, Curtis used to um, have his show, Curtis and Brian, 
um, had their show before my show, which was Chicks Voices a few years ago. So I would always come into the studio with cardboard after their show. Yep, my border collie before Woody. And um, I just want to say about Curtis, this is his legacy to me is that he always saw the goodness in me. And he always said, you know, he always saw how I contributed. He always saw... He just saw the goodness. It wasn't, it wasn't no greed. There was no, he didn't want anything from you. He just, he was just saw the goodness in you and he would see you and say, you're doing this, you're doing that. And he would just recognize you and see your goodness. And that to me is a good lesson. And say it on the air and draw you out if you were reluctant <laughs> to be on the air. Oh, yes, exactly. So I just, um, a poem or a story, so I guess that was my story, and now I just have, and I guess I, I, if I needed a poem, I probably would have called Curtis and said, dude, I need a poem, right? But um, I can't do that, so I just came up with this, and this was written in 2012 by um, Eddie McCreary. And I don't know it doesn't have a name, but it doesn't have to. Okay, Curtis, this is for you, because we love you. When a good man dies, there is a void left in the world. One less warrior of what's good to stand against the wrong and injustice in this world. When a good man dies, we mourn. Those he loved and those who loved him find sadness in their hearts, for they feel the loss of a smile, a conversation, and just a companion. When a good man dies, we wonder why. Even though we all know that one day all must pass this way, yet in our heart it seems the good ones go too soon. When a good man dies, we recall all the memories we have stored in our minds are a way for us to keep him alive in our hearts every day. When a good man dies, we cry for the loss we feel because he made our lives much richer and fuller and we never wanted that to end. When a good man dies, we pray for the family he leaves behind, the friends he knew and loved, and yes, even for ourselves. When a good man dies, we live. We must continue on, for there is much life yet to live, and he would not want us to stop, but live each day with all the joy and love we can find. When a good man dies, we hope that we can take what we put into our lives and become a better person and pass it along to others. When a good man dies, there is a void left in the world, one less warrior of what's good to stand against the wrong and injustice in this world. So we must take up the challenge and fill the void that was left by the death of a good man. Wow. What a choice, Emily. Who wrote that, do you know? It is um, John McCleary, or Eddie McCleary, I'm sorry. I don't know if he's famous. I'm not a poet, but he's. it's beautiful. Very poignant. And Curtis is a good man. Yes. We are gathered together in a tribute to Curtis Emery, who passed away. He was the host of this program for many, many years. Yeah, he was a long-timer like some of the rest of us. For those that don't know that are just tuning in, he passed away on Saturday at the Western Stock Show in Denver. And Doing what he loved. A big surprise to all of us, probably yeah. himself, too. Yeah, I'm not sure he had time to think about it. but <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for having me. Here, oh, it was really an honor, and I'm and I I feel uh, very honored to be in this group this evening. This is these are the longtime KN folks. <laughs> these are my first friends when I moved to Salida. Curtis, the same. So you guys, thanks. I'm so glad everybody's here tonight, and thank you so much for having me. Thank thanks. you, Emily. Thank for you, taking Emily the time. Dubia. Yeah. Should we play a song, and then are you r- raring, Dave Ward? Yeah. Whenever. <laughs> do you uh, want to play a song? Let's take a to? little musical. Or do you want to play one, Linda? Well, I have a gospel song okay. by Gillian Welch. Ooh. Yeah. How about I'll Fly Away? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, oh. 
Jillian Welch with oh, a tribute to Curtis. <laughs> We're it's really nice to have everybody together here, but it's also bittersweet. Yes, it is, and it definitely is. Our next people to talk about Curtis and their feelings are two members of the Coot Scooters, <laughs> Scooter Coots, Scooter Coots, Terry Wareham, and Dave Ward. Thank you, Jane. Um, I'd just like to uh, say how thankful I am and grateful I am for having the opportunity to spend as much little time as I had with Curtis, but he was always pushing you further than you might think you could go and encouraging you. Um, I told him that I had written a couple poems one time, and he says, Come on in, a show. Come on, you got to read your book. <laughs> yeah. but anyway, he was just so positive and all like somebody said always into something but anyway he was a member of the scooter coots that uh, a couple of few old guys get together and go for a bike ride and we went for a ride the day after this year's election and it was a very very needed ride or something <laughs> like that what do you think dave absolutely yeah therapy yeah yep yeah we, we had the trump acceptance disorder yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have that. Is there a cure for that? Uh, we're going to see. <laughs> yeah, we met in uh, BV for breakfast and w then went through the valley and uh, went what, Monta Vista, I think. or Del Norte. Yeah, Del Norte and had lunch and uh, talked about politics and uh, what the hell we were going to do and how to do it. And uh, I was really looking forward to spending this next four years commensurating with uh, – Curtis and uh, our friends on how to how to deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, some years ago, um, I was running for county commissioner, and Curtis was in one of his perpetual running modes as politician. <laughs> uh, you know, I always knew him as Curtis Independent or Emory Independent, mm -hmm. yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, that was a perfect description of yeah. him. Emory <laughs> Independent. Yeah. Anyway, he called me up one day because he knew I was out, um, you know, trying to solicit votes around the county, and his motorcycle had broken down, you know, out on 285 somewhere. And so he called me up, wanted to know if I could go help him get it home. And we didn't know each other very well, but I did. I went and got it, went up to his ranch, and and uh, got to hang out and help him feed the donkeys and stuff like that and all the work he could get out of me, you know, after the motorcycle <laughs> thing that he could. Anyway, after the election this year, you know, Curtis come, came in right after my show, uh, Roll of the Dice. And uh, so we would always have just a moment or two to chat. And I said, Curtis, what has happened? I mean, seriously, what has happened? And he goes, oh. He says, Dave, I think what's happened is this is us now. This is our country. This mm. is who we are, and which shocked me a lot. But then, uh, you know, the next few times he came, and he continued to get more riled up, you know, more like I expected about it. And so, anyway, good. Okay, so one of his political stories that he told me is he uh, grew up with this uh, little Honda 450, I think it was, he got when he was a boy, and he treasured this motorcycle, probably the one I picked up out on the highway, I don't remember. And... uh he rode it down to Canyon City when he was campaigning, and all these big, burly Harley guys came up around him, and they said, what are you doing riding that little thing, that little... And, and excuse me, women, if I make any inferences at all that uh, are offensive because they are not meant to be, but why are you riding that sissy bike? And he goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, you got to get yourself a Harley, boy. You know, and it's, you're not going to get anywhere with the people down here. So they gave him one. They gave him that sports car. Oh, that my he, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was blue, and they said, well, we're going to give it to you. He said, it's, it's a girl's bike, but you can repaint it if you want to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Blue? I mean, oh, really? Man. Anyway, no, but Curtis is great. I mean, he was just fun yeah. all the time. And, uh I really, you know, really had to push him this year to get him out on those motorcycle rides because he was really busy, you know, trying to be a campaigner and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But anyway, God bless you, Curtis, wherever you went, my brother. Yep. Thank and you, I Curtis. I loved the way you said earlier, Dave, that he's listening right now. <laughs> we know. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Curtis, for all the things you brought to 
Cahan and to politics and to Packboro racing. Pretty amazing person. The Arkansas Valley in the state of Colorado. Yes. RT I've just said we're, we're losing our characters. <laughs> Speaking about people that have uh, been here in Salida, he says we're losing our characters. And I couldn't help. Lindsay texted me. I was texting back and forth to Lindsay when I first heard about this. Lindsay Lighthizer, who just stepped off the Cahan board. And it, it was actually printed in the Mountain Mail, and I don't have it in front of me, but I it, I just said he's leaving such a void. Uh, Lindsay said this valley will never be the same. Right. And I said he's leaving a void, but, you know, it doesn't feel like the valley's empty because he's gone. I, and then I had to add, he has left a mountain of memories, and That's his right. character was a mountainous, large character in this valley. And well, not only that, but if we if we live our lives the same way he lived his life, then we're, he's passing on a tradition. It's as simple as that. It's like generations, you know, just like you pass down to your kids or anything. We've passed on and, and demonstrated what it's like, you know, to live life to the full. He did live life to the fullest. Yeah. Shall we play a song and yes. then talk with Esperanza? Yes. This is by Chuck Pyle, a Colorado singer-songwriter that Curtis loved a lot. And Curtis, we know you're up there in that you know, endless sky. Well, he's with him because uh, Chuck Pyle passed a little over a year ago. Or so. Yes. On a rainy night, raised in the blowing wind. Waiting for a ride on the next storm blowing in For the cows I never cared It was riding that got me there That and coffee at dawn Out under the blue frontier Give me a fence to mend And a river bend And a dry night under the stars a harmonica moon, a coyote tune, played on a saddle guitar. Though I've settled down at the edge of town, I remember my lonesome minds. Seeing the freedom of the tumbleweed and the spirit of the endless sky. Okay, 
thank you, Jane, for playing Chuck Pyle. He's just was such a great down to earth guy. I wanted I I came across this story. Some people probably do know it, but I didn't know it. About Curtis Emery actually died uh, in 2005 um, in a spectacular automobile accident. And this is the facts that he supplied. Um, Curtis spent a Christmas holiday with his mother Mary in Chicago area. His father, his father Walter, had passed the last summer. On New Year's Eve, Curtis flew into DIA, and since it was amateur night, decided against driving home to Fort Elk near Buena Vista, where he lived. Instead, he stayed in Aurora with friend and former Leadville resident Neil McGowan. The next afternoon, he gassed up his black 1985 Pontiac Fiero, the only car he ever owned new. He received it by way of payment for a television commercial he had starred in. I was feeling pretty good and happy to be in the slow lane, but somewhere just west of the I-225 interchange, Curtis's world went black as an 18-wheel semi-tractor rig changed lanes right over the top of his low-slung car. Kapowie! Just this incredible blow, an explosive blow, recalls Curtis. Everything just goes dark, imploding glass and plastic all around. The Fiero was wedged under the trailer part of the semi against the rear axer and was being dragged along at highway speeds for what Curtis says was the better part of a mile. Oosh. It was like a bad movie stunt, and because of my film training, there was something about the dreamlike state, the trance, and the way that violence is rendered upon the big screen. It's not like that at all when you're looking at your own death. And while the actual wheels of his sports car were being ground flat on the pavement, the semi's undercarriage was starting to come over the top of the car. The Fiero has a built-in roll bar, and this was the only thing holding the car upright and together. Otherwise, we're basically talking about an oversized Tupperware bowl with four wheels. The real memory of it was endless dust and smoke. And the sense of a huge tire or wheel coming into my lap, says Curtis. This was, there was this groaning and this almost underwater sense like something out of a submarine movie. And what was endless was this speeding up and slowing down as I was trying to figure out how to get out of it. Then something in my reptilian brain <laughs> said, no, I ain't going to be a victim. Curtis hit the wheel hard right, and the entire car shot out from under the semi-trailer like a biblical Jonah being spit out by the whale. <laughs> Everything suddenly stopped, and all of a sudden it's light, and I'm hanging onto this barrier with the curl car almost perpendicular to the pavement. I unstrapped the seatbelt, turned the engine off, recalled Curtis, and dropped what I had, what was left of the window, and fell to my knees on the pavement. It was then Curtis fairly realized what happened. He was miraculously uninjured and on the pullover barrier of an interstate. So um, that's there's a little bit more, but that's an amazing story, and it was written by Hal Water Walters, and and that accident occurred about one mile from where Curtis actually passed, right near the Western Star. That's right. Yes. It's just uh, so. Curtis, you knew what to do. Yeah. You're right, really, just right on there. But uh, here we have Trish Cullen in, in in here that wants to say a word. Well, not only do we miss Curtis, but uh, I was thinking, you know, we really him here at the radio station was he was so encouraging. I think that we've heard that word so many times, but it, it bears repeating. Uh, I would uh, come on, come here to the station before we went to over to the place wherever we were having the the board of directors meeting, and he'd be all smiles and tell me, as long as you're there, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Miss him a whole lot now. I, I'll tell you what, though. I think Barbara had it right. Damn you, Curtis. We need all the good voices on this radio station we can have. <laughs> what know. the heck? Amen. Checking out. We miss you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Trish. Esperanza, you had a little story about Curtis. I do. Um, actually, I have two little stories. One was my introduction to um, Curtis uh, when I first came to work here. I had not met him. Um, I was uh, working as a development director, and a man came in to the uh, through the office door one day. I think it was myself and somebody else in the office, and. He had papers in his hands. We didn't realize what he was doing, but he was serving papers. And he said, does Curtis Emery work here? And we said, 
well, he, we have a box, <laughs> mailbox, and of course he jammed the papers in our hand and he walked out, right? That's what they do. They, <laughs> uh-huh. they, they leave you with the papers. So we, we weren't quite sure what these papers were about or where they needed to go. So we opened them up and read them. Uh, <laughs> it was a lawsuit. Let's and, not hear too many details. No, and a woman, good. no, but this, a woman was suing him for half a donkey. And, <laughs> and I thought, this has got to be a really interesting man. <laughs> if someone's after him for half a donkey. <laughs> and that was before I really met him. Um, but the last, uh, the last story was a short one was just from, um, just recently. And, um, I received an email, um, in the office from a woman who was driving through Salida and she happened to listen on the uh, radio and it was, uh, Curtis's show. Uh, and she loved it and she sent an email saying, are there podcasts? I'm from Crestone. Do you have any archives that I can listen to? And I said, no, we don't have any of his work on podcasts. And, so um I made a copy of the email and put it in his box and when I he picked it up uh when he came in sometime uh I happened to be here I usually wasn't when he came in for a show and he said you know I wouldn't I don't need to record my shows they are uh, oh they are a happening they are a one hour happening and if you're there you're there and if you're not you're not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I thought you know be present. Mm-hmm. Yes, be Good present. Lesson. So let your voice go over the airwaves, and it's hard to immortalize it. Although I will say that we are recording this program, this tribute to Curtis Emery, and it will be available to be listened to at a later time as a podcast at www.khen.org. Well, I, I actually, when I first met Curtis, was just like Bill said. I had taken a ballroom dancing class with Gary. Me too. Not uh, with Gary, though. Well, no, but Norma Conroe yes. was teaching it, of course. And and that's also when I met Sue because Sue, I think I'd actually met Sue before, actually, because she was a friend of a friend. But, uh, you know, they were there learning ballroom dancing along with Gary and I and other people, you know. And that's when I met Curtis and uh didn't actually, you know, do a whole lot with him at that point, but obviously became, like I said, the Happy Bottom Writing Club. Yeah. R I D I N G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Terry, any final words? Terry Wareham stepping up to the microphone. I have one, one more little story also. Um, when I moved here in 1997, and in 1998 or 99, we had a little shop down by the river on North F. And uh, Fibark was happening. And the run up the hill, tenderfoot tender climb. climb was happening. And I looked out among this group of people that were running up there. And there was this couple. Uh, one fellow was in a tuxedo and a top hat. And the other, and the woman had a, a very, Elegant gown on. That was Sue Connor. Oh, Sue yeah. and Patrick ran up Tenderfoot Curtis. Hill. Curtis. What did I say? Patrick. Patrick. Curtis. Curtis. <laughs> See? See what old age does for you? I know. Curtis. We're here to talk about Curtis. Okay. That's it. But that uh, that was my introduction to Curtis. He ran up the hill in the Tenderfoot in Hill t- climb in a tuxedo. Tuxedo. <laughs> yes, he did. I saw that, too. All right. Well, we're tying things up. And thank you. Final words, Linda? Um just that um, we're actually going to play a song. I like to think of him as riding the trails on another in another dimension. Um, I have a faith. Actually, he was Christian Science, so I have a faith that um, he will find, you know, happiness on the other side and peace on the other side. And um, and I just wish him happy trails, you know, and that he is can be riding across the sky with my friend Diana, who also passed, and my friend Sandy. We've lost three out of our Happy Bottom Riding Club in the last little over a couple of years. And quite a few here from the Salida community. Yeah. Ghost Riders in the Sky. An old cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. 
Upon a ridge he rested as he went along his way When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw Plowing through the ragged skies And up a cloudy draw Yippee-yi-yay fire and their hooves are made of steel their horns are black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel a bolt of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky for he saw the riders coming hard and he heard their mournful cry yippee-yi-yay Their eyes are blurred, their shirts all soaked with sweat They're riding hard to catch that herd, but they ain't caught them yet They've got to ride forever on that range up in the sky On horses snorting fire As they ride on, hear them cry Yippee-yi-yi Across the endless sky, yippee! I. 